yorkshirepost.co.uk. Welcome to uh, Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post. Uh, as is customary, we're going to look back on the season for all 10 of our leading clubs. Um, well, um, we're going to concentrate initially on the Championship and uh, we're going to start, uh, well, what better place to start? Uh, well, some Leeds United fans might uh, argue, but um, what better place to start than Barnsley? Um, just given how they uh, pulled off another miraculous great escape, uh, or what some people consider to be a great escape, given how, how much of a poor start they had to the Championship season, uh, after clinching uh, promotion under Daniel Stendhal the previous uh, the previous year, um, Leon, it's been a funny old season in many more ways than in, many, in more ways than one for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, I just say, obviously, we're joined by Liam Wobshaw, uh, who's covered Barnsley uh, comprehensively for the Yorkshire Post this season. Uh, and um, Leon, it's um, I think when when yeah. um, Daniel Stendhal uh, departed, I think after was it nine or ten games or some seven or eight games possibly. Yeah. Um, things did look yeah. particularly bleak for bleak for Barnsley, but Gerhard Struber um, yeah. has, has, has pulled a rabbit out of the hat for Barnsley, hasn't he? I mean, just explain the situation um, that, that Barnsley yeah. found themselves in when when Stendhal departed, and just quickly, obviously, why why Stendhal did actually yeah. feel he had to go, or why why he left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was probably about probably about this time last year, Phil. Really, obviously, Barnsley got promoted at the end of the. Of the previous season, um, eighteen nineteen, there was, you know, the goodwill and the um, the, the initial celebrations of, of promotion at the first time of asking. But I think some dark clouds were were, were quickly on the on the horizon where Stendhal was concerned. It was uh, they lost um, they lost three members of the of the, the back five from from the promotion season: Captain Adam Davis, Liam Lindsay, and Ethan Perth, the centre halves. And they haven't got a great deal of sort of championship experience anyway, and um, obviously that was a that was a big blow. There was you know quite a big um, revamp revamp in the end, and obviously Barnsley's model is well known in bringing in young and hungry players. Daniel Stendhal sort of went along with that, but with a caveat, where you know saying that they needed some some experience, and it was. A bit of a long-running thing. He kept dropping out little things in the press, and he wasn't particularly happy. He was talking about, ex, ex, you know, the need for ex, for Barnsley to compete because they had so many players who who were new to this level. And yeah, I mean, it was a dream start to be a relegated side in Fulham. And you know, hopes were were high. You know, a great um, first, first day we're coming off back of the march, and you know, was some some hopes that Barnsley could surprise. But the chairman had said in the season that it was the best transfer window ever. On the back of the Fulham game, optimism, but it, it just soon unravelled. Um, ultimately, it was a 17 match run without a win, and, and uh, Stendhal left um, in early October on the back of a hammering at uh, Preston. And you know, all his fears about you know the lack of experience, you know, players weren't weren't able to learn on the job sufficiently, came home to, to rules. It was, it was it was a grim time. I mean, you know, Stendhal's fears about the being the, the experience and the lack of it came home to Bruce. But I don't think he was entirely blamed for either. You know, the tactics start to leave a, a bit to be desired. This this ongoing trait of trying to play out from the back, and you've got an inexperienced back line, and 
Yeah, I was an element of naivety in some respects, but it was still sad when he actually went. He, you know, I think he still had plenty of credit in the bank, but Adam Murray t- took over as as caretaker, you know, October to the start of um, November, and he sort of steadied the ship a little bit. But the situation even by then was looking pretty was looking pretty pretty grim, really. You know, mainly the, mainly because of that Achilles heel at the back that were conceding yeah. goals for fun and. You know, I think it was 30, 33 in, in 16, and at that point, they were on course for, at that rate, it had been not far off 100 goals, you know, in a, in a, in a season. But, you know, mm. it's true, they went for Gerhard Struber, and, you know, not too many knew a lot about him. He was a third continental appointment. He'd obviously done well at Wolfsburger. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a, of, a, of a pump, really. But in, in his first, Struber's first game at Blackburn, you could see a microcosm of Barnsley's season really I mean they actually played well between both boxes but just some horrendous individual mistakes for goals and sloppy schoolboy goals and I think in a way good in the respect that Struber saw the problems pretty quickly and was able to identify you know what was wrong it was he did we did turn up probably wait until January until he could actually do something about it in the market um, which he did. He brought he brought Michael Sobauer in, that sort of figure of experience that Barnsley were really, really crying out for. I think at the other end, in terms of his, you know, you could see evidence that he was a very skilled skilled coach in terms of his tactics offensively. You know, um, he, he really got he got a new lease of life out of out of um, Connor Chaplin, played him more more forward, more central. He, you know, he toyed as well with Corley Woodrow in a number 10 role in deep and that sort of, you know, yielded some rewards as well. So he could, he could tell he was a, a clever, smart coach and there was a real good sort of work ethic um, and high-energy Gagan pressing there. Yeah. And you, you could see his talent straight away, but he was just desperate. To, I think it just to try and chip away and get bars into January where they could get that... Um, defensively, the, the self craved and still have a little bit of a chance of... Of you know saving the season, and so Bauer came in, and uh, I mean originally his debut was a bit of a baptism that Barnsley lost in the cup to Portsmouth, and then they lost at Charlton in a big game. But you could soon see that he was going to be a you know a big player in, and they ultimately built up the lights. He started to look at a lot better player with so Bauer around him, you know with his you know, leadership and vocal. Vocal support, so he's been, he was a big figure in the uh, turnaround. And I just expected it to be as quite as spectacular as, as it was in the end. So, uh, but and then obviously uh, Leon, the um, the uh, the break came uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic, which, which brought all football and all sport and, and virtually life as we know it to a halt. Um, but it, yeah. but Barnsley were in touch, and they knew that when and if the season resumed, they had a fighting chance. It was it was it was a long shot. Um, they were yeah. still among the favourites for a lot of uh, a lot of people's favourites to go down. But when yeah. when the season did get back on, up and running again, they got off to a great start, which was obviously crucial. I know they had a bit of a <clears throat> bit of an off day at Stoke when they lost four yeah. nil. But other than that, you can't fault the way that Barnsley performed in those uh, in those remaining games when the season did come back, can you? No, absolutely, absolutely not, Phil. I mean, he, he, he in some respects, super he had the time in, you know, before the games resumed again. It was a little bit of like a, probably a pre-season almost, and the time he never really had when he arrived in, you know, mid-November. Obviously, he was in, and then it was straight into games. So, 
he'd obviously, you know, shown again how very good he is on the on the training ground with his acumen. And um, you know, Barnsley initially they needed that boost straight away, didn't they? They, they went to QPR, a ground where the record's been absolutely appalling over the years, and probably the bogey ground from in the club's history. And they won that they won that game one 0 and that just gave them that, you know, that real, you know, momentum and a bit of a. A bit of a real boost. I mean, if you looked at Barnsley's fixtures, there was always the week where they actually had three strugglers. They had um, they had Stoke, Luton, and Wigan. And that one leapt from the page probably from the start. You know, start of the season. Yeah. Thinking that you know three such big games against sides around them would really be you know pivotal for the future. I mean, in terms of staying up. But in the event, the probably sums up the championship more than anything. They actually, you know, they only got um, two points from nine from those, and it was the three games right at the end where everyone probably thought, well, they've got no chance in those against um, against Leeds, Forest, and and Brentford. That actually saved them. So that was they sort of done it the wrong way around, if, if, yeah. if to what most people probably expected. But you know, Stuber set up a, th- a three-man central defence. He, he had Solbar, obviously the, the key figure, Maz Anderson, who who really did impress, you know, on football's restart. Yeah. And I worked for Jordan Williams as well. He had a, it was like a three-four-one-two formation, and um, you know, apart from the game of Stoke, which you mentioned, where Barnsley were totally old man and, and, and bullied on the day, they've, um, there was a consistency in terms of the in terms of performance. They could have they could have easily won a, a Luton a lot of chances. And um, you know a couple of the home games as as well, Wigan and Millwall. It was I suppose the irony thing as well was that the defence, which had been so poor in the first third of the season, was actually um, showing signs of improvement. And yeah. and, the goal, and the goal scoring, which had been pretty strong in you know mid season, you had Chaplin and and Woodrow, you know, in double figures, was starting to dry up. And so it's, it has been. Defence is true, but he did say there would be contributions from everywhere. If Barnsley were going to stay up, and he said that just before you know the, the campaign restarted, and yeah. never a truer word was spoken. We had inputs from the likes of you know Callum Styles, and we had Patrick Smith's contribution you know, on that famous day against Forest. So it's been a real team effort, and I think everyone you know has got a pat on the back and um, has done done superbly. And you know, private place goes to goes to Stu, but what a mag- you know what a magnificent. Achievement, you know, I, I covered Barnsley's great escape in in 2012-13, and um, this was every um, every bit as dramatic, and he probably even perhaps supersedes it, given the fact that you know they had Leeds, Forest, and Bradford yeah. at the end, and they could have easily beaten Leeds. I mean, by I didn't cover that game, but I've seen it, and you know they probably get Leeds arguably the hardest game of, of the season. So. Mm. It's it's probably it's been no fluke. I, I, I would say, you know, yeah. the fans they have stayed up, admittedly, you know, with the situation at Wigan helping them out. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, and obviously you you were down at Brentford, and I, I spoke yeah. I spoke to you briefly on the night, and we we were yeah. in touch during the night, obviously. Um, it, it was a special evening, wasn't it? It was it was something was. that was probably not expected, given the the nature of the opposition or the the strength of the opposition, and the, yeah. and the fact they had something to play, they had plenty to play for as well. Um, but yeah, um, Barnsley's desire, I suppose, and hunger, and 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 yeah. and, and just um, determination to to remain a Championship team, sort of um, came through in the end, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it 
was it was just one of those nights. I mean, I, I did the, the the game between Bentford and, and Doncaster a few years back, and it was it was on the line for both teams. When you look at just looked at Brentford statistics, I, I think they'd um, the best home record in the division. I think they'd won forty seven points before they played Barnsley. Yeah. yeah. And Brentford's front three have scored fifty seven goals between yeah. them all season, which is more than Barnsley you know had managed throughout the whole squad. So you know everything was pointing towards. You know, a Brentford victory, and I mean, there was a there was a tide of emotion in the end with what happened with you know Clark Doyle's goal and everything. But I think the thing that really impressed me was how you know um, composed and in control Barnsley were in the, in the first half. The the times when they chose to press was absolutely first class, and you know it was like watching a it was like almost like watching a European team in a knock in a knockout sort of Champions yeah. League. Um, leg without, without stressing it too much. I just thought for young players, the decision-making was tremendous. They never gave, gave Brentford an inch, then he gated their flair players, and it was a really smart performance which smacked of really good coaching players yeah. who have taken on board what, what Stuber have said. Yeah, and they um, managed to sustain it. I mean, obviously Brentford equalised. That was a that was a real test, and it was one of those nights where, you know, you were checking scores, scores everywhere, and you know, it just did look like it would ultimately end in despair for Barnsley, but there was there was obviously that dramatic um, late twist, and you know what a story. And no, oh, brilliant. You know, you know it's sad what's happened to Wigan, but I, I think few can begrudge Barnsley given you know what they did when it mattered at the tail end of the season. You know, they beat Forest as well in, in stoppage time, and yeah. tremendous story, one that you don't see very often it yeah. was a privilege to cover it I was going to say I, I, I imagine you, you enjoy being there for something for something like that I mean in turn, like you mentioned Struber obviously the yeah. way he set his team up the way they performed on, on that night when everything was at stake um, yeah. is, is, he, is he going to be back uh, is, it, is, it, is it a case of he is going to return I mean what is the, I mean I know this thing as, as it stands at the moment I know we, yeah. did a, we did a piece in the Yorkshire Post on Wednesday I think it was yeah. with the CEO Barnsley CEO Dane Murphy yeah. who remains very confident that Struber will return yeah. um, but yeah. obviously like I think like Murphy also said in the, in the interview that he did with you um, he, yeah. he, he, um, he, he understands why Struber might now be of interest to other clubs given what he has achieved uh, in, in difficult circumstances at Barnsley position first of all his, his contract's until the summer of 2022 and he's got a year's option so you know contractually you know he's, he's been down for Barnsley for, for a few years but I think it's it's like Barnsley have to contend with you know bigger clubs with due respect being interested in their you know in, the, in their players and you know them moving on you know having to you know sell and cash in yeah I'm not sure about that with Stuart, but he's a guy who is plainly ambitious. And I mean, there's no bad thing, really. He's come over to, Eng um, to England. He could have, you know, he's, he was put his reputation a little bit on the line. But he was ambitious to do well in England. And, and he has done. He's, he's obviously achieved his mission of keeping Barnsley up. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he, he, would, he would probably like to, you know, continue his story with Barnsley. But he's also, he's also quite quite ambitious as well so you know in a year or two down the line he will be anxious that Barnsley you know progress yeah and, and, and match his and match his ambitions presumably yeah, I would say, yeah definitely I mean he obviously had the input in being able to bring in some experience in January in, in Solbauer and mm. Marcel Ritzmeyer but uh, you know they're going to have to 
they're going to have to keep to his ambitions as well. You know, he's he's not going to want to just turn straw into gold all the time and just get loads of kids and develop them. He'll, he'll want, you know, he'll, he'll probably look at the championship and see what Barnsley have done at the end and think they can, you know, I'm not saying they can, you know, go up or anything like that, but they can have a bit more of an impact uh, looking a bit higher up the higher up the, the, the table. So I think the board are going to have to match his ambition a little bit. I don't think it's just a case of um, carry on regardless. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to sort of perhaps... Yeah, and I would. I would be. I would be amazed if he. I'm not saying if he's going to be on the radar of a lot of clubs, but I'm sure it'll have got to a stage where his name will have been mentioned. That you know, in certain, in certain, you know, board boardrooms. Yeah. Clubs in England and you know on the on the continent as well. He's his stars on the rise. He's a really smart coach. You, you could see that straight away, and I was impressed as well. You know, he. he he spoke when he first arrived about getting to know the players and you know getting a genuine dressing room vibe and he spoke about my boys and mm. you know he's he's harnessed the emotional side with it you know with his smart tactics tactics and coaching and he's a you know he's the sort of guy you'd really want to play for and you saw the Barnsley the young Barnsley players that run through a big wall for him yeah. and um, you know they were obviously confident in his tactics and and his and his personality as well so. Mm. I think for the time being, you know, he's earned, he's earned to rest. He's he lives in Salzburg. He's been away from his family. He'll take some time for some for some R and R to um, you know rest and recharge, and then yeah. then go again. But I just think it's important that um, the Barnsley board realises that he's, he's an ambitious go ahead figure, and um, you know it's not just a case of just getting you know lots of young players and just just giving him to get hard to to improve. There's got to be, you know, he he he'll want to do something, you know, a bit, you know, a, a bit stronger and a bit more yeah. ambitious than just keeping Barnsley up every year. I think he, you know, he de- deserves that, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it how it um, how it pans out. Yeah, well, I would imagine he'll want he'll want to establish Barnsley as a, as a permanent fixture in the Championship, and then and then who knows yeah. what happens. I mean, you know, you look yeah. at what the likes of Huddersfield have done uh, in recent yeah. years, and and, and he probably looks at something course. like that. And thinks, well, maybe why can't we do that at Barnsley? But obviously, it depends on the philosophy in terms of buying and selling yeah. of players yeah. that, that Barnsley. I mean, obviously, they've got a reputation for selling their best yeah. talent. They certainly did last summer uh, without replacing yeah. them. But well, just what I thought, just lastly on Struber, before we just touch on a couple of other things before I let you go. Um, just with Struber, I thought it was it was great to see. You mentioned yeah. emotion there, um, and 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 how he was with the players. Yeah. But it was great to see in the post match interview uh, after the win at Brentford. Um, it clearly meant a lot to him, didn't it? Because he because he was quite yeah. emotional in that in that in that interview, wasn't he? Yeah, I just think it'd been it'd obviously been that sort of season as well. He'd, he'd come he'd come in November. You know, Barnsley were in a pretty dire position, and then obviously with the you know with the, with the pandemic as well, it was a really sort of a really you know strange season that's taken a lot out of out of a lot of people for different reasons and i think as well probably factoring as well with super i think i think also he probably knew deep down that if barnsley did go down there's the situation with finances i think i think it's fair to say that people behind the scenes would have lost would have lost their jobs and and people you know more of this the star players would have would you know leave at the end of the season? That's not to say that everyone's going to stay because you know that's not the the Barnsley model. But it meant it meant so much to, um, to so many different people, 
you know, the fact that they give you something about the fans who weren't able to, you know, attend games, and it was, it really was a, a tide of emotion. Is a is a genuine, genuine game. It was so frustrated after the after the Leeds game in particular when. You know, Barnsley played Leeds off the park, the champions elect. Yeah. But got nothing. It was just just so frustrating. It was so frustrated at the, the game against, you know, the home game against Wigan when Barnsley couldn't nick a goal and the Luton game where they had a lot of chances. And, you know, he's been a roller coaster of, of emotions for him. And, you know, he's he's had a difficult time away from his friend, you know, his friends and family, as I've said. And yeah, yeah. Proper roller coaster. And he, he managed to. Uh, uh, you know, uh, fulfil an amazing great escape, and uh, you know, he was been forgiven for a bit of emotion coming out and one or two tears at the end because it was it was a remarkable story. Definitely, the one that um, you know, the ones that Barnsley fans, even though they weren't there in person at the end to to witness, will have felt part of. Yeah. One of those as a journalist that you don't see too often and you, and you have to cherish. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just lastly, well, a couple of things and then they'll let you go. Um, just in terms, you mentioned the players. Obviously, there were a number of notable performers throughout the season, a couple yeah. of additions midway through the season. But who for you, I'm guessing there yeah. are a number of, because you've seen Barnsley quite a lot, uh, many yeah. times for us this season for York's Post. Yeah. But, I mean, who stood out for you in terms of the players? Contributions, uh, wasn't it? But I think in terms of consistency, you've got to say Alex Mowat. He's he last season, you know, he sort of his career was at a crossroads at the start of last season, and he, he really had an inspirational season, helping Barnsley get promoted. And he was just thinking, can you go again, Alex? You're in your sort of heading towards your mid twenties now. Can you become the player that you know a lot of people thought you'd become? when you first started at Leeds but sort of went by the wayside a little bit and you know it was really pleasing to see you know Alex develop as a as a person as a and as a leader as well as a footballer yeah you know he's been a good captain he's he's led by example he's been um Barnes's go-to man and I think one of the images I'll have I mean, I'll always remember the Luton game where it was just getting towards the end and he'd given absolutely everything and he was just you know, made a real sort of thirty-yard dash across the pitch to make a, a tackle, and it was almost like he was trying to carry and inspire the team. And you know, he's shown a lot of maturity and, and strong performances all year. And you know, in terms of individuals, I'm pleased for him that Barnsley have stayed up because I think he, you know, his drive and his his, his character and his play deserve that. So he will he will be the one I would yeah. I would go for. Obviously, Michael Sobola came in in January and and. You know, it's no coincidence that Barnes's defence improved markedly with 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 him there, and he was that consistent figure that they certainly lacked in the first half of the season. You, you've got to say, um, Conor Chapman as well. His first season in the Championship, going to double double figures. Colin Woodrow, even though he had a, a goal drought at the end of the, of the season, I don't think he scored in eight or nine games, but he came up with some big contributions as well, and. And Jacob Brown, he might not score some, as many goals as some of the others, but he's, you know, his work, his work rate, desire and assists, and he's a, you know, he's he's a sort of player who can have a, a good championship career. 
So they were the main yeah. ones for me. And obviously, you know, great to see some of the young boys, you know, come good at the end. The likes of Callum Styles, who I think will be a big player for Barnsley in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, um, you mentioned those that have performed this season. What do you think needs to be added to those if those if those players hopefully stay, as we all hope they will? Yeah. But what what do yeah. you think? What do you think they need for next season to to maybe help the club match um, the coach's yeah. ambition of of, of uh, you know playing higher up the the standings, as it were? Yeah, I mean, what I, what I would like to like to see, I would like a bit more physicality up front. I don't think they really replaced Kiefer Moore when he left at the start of the season. That sort of, you know, the, the sort of target man with a bit of physicality to sometimes take the pressure off the likes of Woodrow and, um, and Jacqueline. Now, Barnsley likes a bit of that, even though they were successful in the end. They liked a bit of that in, in, in the season. And, um, you know, just to take the pressure off, off those two lads as well. So that would be the first thing for me. Um, a bit more cover in midfield and, and probably at left, left back as, uh, as well. They've just they've only really got young Ben Williams. So a bit more, a bit more cover at um, you know left back. They might have to replace Killian Ludwig as well, or maybe might even look to to bring him back on loan because he, he did very well for Barnsley. Yeah. Just a, a bit more of a, a, an addition in central midfield and certainly a striker with some physicality. Okay. So it's just that little bit in the in the spine there, and and I think they can have another decent season. Yeah. You know, look at some of the some of the teams there, and uh, you know there's the likes of. You know, Luton, Wickham, Coventry, um, Rotherham. You know, no disrespect. You know, they're not massive clubs, are they? And there's, there's other, one or two other clubs: Sheffield Wednesday, Derby. You don't know what's going to happen then with potential, you know, potential punishments for certain things. And yeah, you know, there could be an opportunity for Barnsley to, to step up and you know finish that bit, you know, higher up the, up the table towards the, the, the top half, maybe. But I would probably be low to make. It's too strong a prediction. I remember the last time that Barnsley did stay up in this fashion and there was a big big pre-season drive how Barnsley meant business before the 2013-14 season and that ended up in relegation and it was a it was a pretty poor season. So no need to shout it from the rooftops, but just some just some clever smart buys in, in key areas. Yeah. Uh, hopefully keep the, the, the squad together. Dave Murphy's spoken about you know the, the need to do that. And um, Barzi can hopefully continue the upward momentum. YorkshirePost.co.uk